Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Framework Leadership, a podcast about principles and ideas that can, uh, you know, take you to a new level in your leadership. We're now exclusively a part of the SU Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ken Engel, president of Southeastern University. And I'm your co-host, Michael Steiner, SU Chief of Staff. And wow, we are excited to introduce our guest for today's show, Charlotte Gamble. Charlotte is an international speaker, teacher, and author. She's the founder of the Collective Mentorship Program. She's also the lead pastor of Life Church in the United Kingdom. Think now five campuses in in Europe. And uh, over 25 years in church leadership, Charlotte is deeply passionate about seeing people connect with God-given purpose. She has committed uh, her life to invest in others through discipleship in a variety of church settings across the world. And so, Charlotte, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. And we also (laughs) have got you tonight for session three of SU Conference. We're recording this right before then. Uh, We're loving conferences going great. Some incredible sessions. So, if you're listening to this a couple weeks from now, make sure you get ready for next year's conference. Just a little plug there, but great for having you on the show today. Thank you. Uh, Charlotte, start us off with, uh, give us a little background of how you started in ministry and how you and your husband came to launch Life Church. So for me, um, I never thought I would be in ministry. Let's just start there. (laughs) I always say that God's got a sense of humor, right? And so Mm -hmm. I actually grew up in a network of churches. My um, parents were in the church from when I was a baby, the same church that I'm still a part of. And at that time, the denomination we were part of didn't believe in women in ministry. And so there was really no picture for me to even have a role in the future in the church. And so it never had become an option for me. I love God. I served in the church. But when I was 14, the funny thing was one of the people that were the founders of that church happened to have this prophetic word that that he kept saying he needed to deliver. And every time he went to deliver it for this person called Charlotte, there was no one in the room Mm. called Charlotte. And so on this occasion, it was a leaders meeting and I was only 14 and I'd snuck in the back because Mm. I was just drawn to anything about leadership. And he said, this is strange to my parents, but maybe it's for Charlotte. And Mm. so he basically took me to one side of my parents and brought a word over me that I would open the Bible and teach millions of people wow. and it would be men and it would be women and it was so strange because it was the person who really had right. not empowered women in ministry that the word was coming through and and from that point you know I'd love to say that you know the next day I was like okay Lord show me how <laughs> but I, it actually freaked me out more than anything yeah. And so I felt God take me to the word where Paul speaks to Timothy and Mm. he says, hey, if you, you know, you want to do all that you're called to do, you know, and it says that verse, doesn't it, that all young people quote out of context, don't look down on, (laughs) don't let anyone look down you because you're young and they don't read the next part. It says, but devote yourself to the scriptures. And so I just felt God say, that's your work until it's time, that's your work. And so I didn't know that I would end up doing what I was doing. I just knew I had to put the work in from a very young age. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then really, honestly, ministry has been just one step of obedience after the other. Wow. Yeah. Well, and then I fell in love with an American and we ended up, God saying we'd have a foot in two nations before we were married, before wow. I even knew I yeah. would be married to an American. And so that's exactly how our life has p- planned out. You know, I'm in America, we're in England. Wow. It doesn't make any sense in your mm-hmm. logical mind to do, you know, I'm here with what, less than 24 hours in the country. There doing we go. Yeah. It makes no sense, <laughs> right. but somehow it makes sense. So, so, yeah. so you mentioned you're still working in the same uh, denomination church that you, yeah. your family was. So what was that like kind of shifting mindsets a little bit about women in ministry, women in power? And I know that's a big question right. in there, but I've run down a little I bit of that it's, process. I think it's been a real journey. And I have to say, I'd throw it even broader than that. I've watched the journey play out in America too, yeah, because true. I've gone to a lot of conferences in America that have been women's conferences and yeah. realized, you know, that was the only platform that a woman was speaking at in those churches right. and in those settings. And 
I just decided to take the long way rather than become somebody that was banging on my soapbox about women in leadership mm. because I think honestly it hadn't been modeled well and yeah. so there needed to be a new model that was that a female can be a great church builder a great come alongside yeah. another voice in the house that helps build the house and it didn't need to be militant or move out the way so right. the women can have a go and so I think honestly just taking that that path of being tried and tested in what you do and faithful in what you do was what proved mm. it to the church that there was actually something here that God was anointing and God was using rather than me try and come up and say well females should be speaking and right. I think honestly God just puts his hand on it and you don't really have to do anything other than do what God's mm -hmm. called you to do so yeah. that was kind of a longer journey and, and I've seen that same journey yeah. in, in America and I'm seeing a lot more pastors we're seeing a lot more pastors who are for women in ministry to have that same mindset it's like yeah. listen all we need is a all women need to do is is be on the platform, preach the word that God's put on them. And as the church is edified and build, we'll realize right. where we're wrong about right. this issue. We don't have to preach ideology. We can just preach the gospel right. and whoever is anointed to do it. It's right. it's really powerful right. seeing that. And that's what we're helping with uh, with women on campus, with you know our young ladies and different as they're empowering, getting into the ministry that that's... Uh, that's the goal. Really. And a lot of them have not seen it modeled. You know, right, a lot of them right. have never had anyone exactly. to look up to or see or even see it do, do well or done well. And, right. and not every woman is called to preach to the church. Right. Some women right. are called to do women's ministry, just like some men mm -hmm. are called to do men's ministry. But I knew I was called to build the house. Yep. And so my gift on my life was to build. And yep. so I was like, well, I have to be in the place where I'm working with men and women because we need both to build. Right. Yep. And so I think even knowing that helps you know the settings that you're best placed in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit more about the collective. It's a good, actually, a great thing to raise at this mm -hmm. juncture of the conversation because really the collective was my answer to the problem that I was noticing. Yeah. Um, so for many years, like I've been in the same church all my life. I've been in ministry since I was 21. I'm 49 this year. So a long time, preached my first message at 21. And so, you know, I've been around a long time. A lot of people have said, would you mentor me? And my answer has always been absolutely not. <laughs> because when I think of the word mentor, right. I think of people way older, way wiser, right. like the Yodas of the yeah. world, you yeah. know, the yeah. green big ear For people. Sure. Like, I'm like, I am not that person. And so, honestly, I just had said no. And then just about, oh gosh, just over a year and a half ago, I felt the Holy Spirit say, it's the right time now mm -hmm. to actually open your heart to women that are in leadership, but don't really have a place to go. And I just mm -hmm. was very mindful because of traveling around America and different churches. There are so many pastors who are able to go and do on a golf course or out at lunch or with a group of guys mentoring that's just in a natural easy environment but it would be inappropriate to say to the female on their team oh let's go to the golf course sure, while sure. I mentor you right, right? right. because mm -hmm. you need an environment that lets you open up that's not necessarily the office yep. and so I was like how do these pastors answer that question if they don't have anyone on their team yet that's able to do that so it actually opened a doorway for me to go okay I'm going to start something called a collective I literally take a, bu a bunch of women I spend one uh, one session for two hours, once a month for five months, and I take them on the journey. Wow. Of, and then I did a, se a second season. So I literally, I had no uh, no plan other than I'm just going to go on my Instagram and go, is anybody interested? Thinking maybe I get two or three people. And we had like 180 applications, wow. like wow. within 48 hours. Yeah. So just this week, I've taken 168 leaders through some part of the collective. And it's just become this incredible space mm. for for honest conversations yep. with
women that are carrying ministry but also carrying family or young yeah. women that are trying to find a role model but don't have one mm-hmm. and just a safe space and they found one another and become a community together and so it's actually been one of the most rewarding things that I think I've given my time to in recent years um, and just as a kiss of God over it so I'm mm-hmm. super excited you know what God spoke to me from that verse about iron sharpening iron yes but the Holy Spirit ha- had me study anemia I felt Holy Spirit say study anemia well mm-hmm. anemia is the biggest right problem that we can have in the iron and it's iron deficiency right Mm -hmm. and the largest group in the natural that have anemia are women right and especially women that are pregnant Mm -hmm. and i say to these leaders on the first session some of you are sick and you don't know why you feel like you're tired but it's not going away after a nap you feel Mm -hmm. like you're weary but you don't know why and it's because you are spiritually anemic Mm -hmm. there's been no iron to yeah, sharpen, sharpen your iron. iron. Mm-hmm. You need a woman with iron to right. sharpen your iron wow. in you. And so I kind of on that first session cure, like give them the symptoms to which mm-hmm. they're all crying because they right. that's exactly how they feel. They're pregnant with ministry, right. they're pregnant with right. a gift yeah. on their life, but no one's helping bring it out of them. And then I'm able to say the good thing about anemia is it's easy to cure, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's really become this beautiful place and it's all brand new content. I've never right. written so much content in my life. Yeah. Stuff I've never preached that is just really for that setting. So mm-hmm. it's been a really beautiful thing That's to see. Powerful. Well, and I love wow. that imagery of, of of being pregnant with something new, especially as it relates to women in ministry. And it speaks to me because me and my wife are expecting our third. So we've <laughs> for the last two years, I feel like I've been going through the process of pregnancy. But what a powerful metaphor, especially for women in ministry to birth something new. How do you encourage um, you know, young ladies, different things that are starting these new things? What does some of that encouragement look like to press through and keep and keep going forward in that vision that they've been given? Well, I think like anything, I think, you know, in order to carry something and carry it well, you have to understand how that changes your diet. In the natural, you have to understand how that changes your behavior. You have to understand timings Mm -hmm. and when to push and when not to push, if we were to use the pregnancy analogy. I think a lot of times we're in a rush to produce that we actually try and shorten the length of when we should be carrying something. I think we're in a rush to impress or compete. And so we produce things that have not had enough time to be incubated they are either they are you know premature and Mm -hmm. therefore they don't do well and then we get mad at God because we're like well you gave me this idea and we blame God because it didn't get off to the start we Um, wanted when oftentimes God's like yeah but you didn't wait for the timing you didn't wait for my hand to be on it you just got the idea and ran with it and I think we skip the process and I think in ministry you know a lot of people um want elevation or a platform mm, right. well a platform will give you elevation yeah. but the thing that will keep you on a platform is revelation wow, and revelation good. is a lot longer and a lot harder to come than yeah. just elevation right yeah. and so I think um, and some of that I'll hopefully speak into tonight with all the students that are gathering I think it's just saying to a generation look I know that you're in a rush in your own mind mm. but anything that's going to be done well has to be carried right has to be fed right has to be incubated right yeah. so it can be birthed right so yeah. when it comes out it's strong and it can and it can wow. survive without that umbilical cord anymore right. because you've put into it all that you need to put into it and so i do think that timing and season it's is huge. something that we often miss especially in a younger generation yeah. it. and it's really all about a journey not mm-hmm. not necessarily just a, a set, set of time but right. it's a it's a long journey that over time right. uh, you begin to recognize who you are uh, mm-hmm. and what god and speaking of that you know here here at southeastern art you know we're 
all about our mission is, is actually helping students discover and develop their design, their divine design, yeah. so they can serve Christ and they can serve in the calling that that He uniquely places. How in the mentoring process, how do you help them discover? their divine design mm-hmm. in that process. Mm-hmm. I think I think like you just said exactly that. I think we think we know what it is, right? Sure. Because we have ideas and we have giftings and we have talents, but I think oftentimes what we do is we're so busy and we're such creatures of like we watch what everybody else does, mm-hmm. right? And so then that model becomes the model. Right. And so now at what's in us somehow has to fit the clothing of that, right? right? Sure. So my preaching gift needs to have a podcast and my mm. whatever needs to have a book and then I need to do this and mm. I need to do the other. And so we've taken like a model that we've seen someone else do and we're like, okay, that's how I now make it happen. Mm-hmm. Which means that you'll never fully actually discover right. the thing that God's made you good at. And we're just, we're not satisfied oftentimes to trust that God knew what he was doing when it says in the Bible that, you know, Matthew, he gave according to their ability. Mm. Right? So right. so if yours is a two and yours is a five and mine is a one, we have to trust that God went, okay, you have a mm. two and that yeah. two is the ability I've given you. Now make that two amazing. But what we want is your five and my one right. yeah. and your yeah. two. That's good. And so it takes us a long time to actually, I think, maturity to right. go, why am I trying to do everything when actually yeah. I'm not great at any of these things? Yeah. And why am I ignoring the thing that is my actual when i do mm. that i feel the presence of god on it so for me i'm i'm changing my life all the time so that my capacity is not filled with my availability it's filled with my mm. ability mm. and so a lot good. of leaders never get to that place right because they're so um they, they feel that capacity is available. In other words, if I'm on everybody's platform i'm doing yeah. all these things or i'm at all the meetings i'm important yeah. whereas actually that's not your importance and that's not your contribution. I'd rather be at home, you know, not at all those things, working on the thing that is my thing so that when it is time for me to do the thing that I'm good at, I do it at a whole different level because I put my focus there. Yeah. So I think that is maturity and I mm-hmm. think it's paying attention to what the hand of God is. You know, and there's just yeah. some things you do and yeah. it's like, I just know that when I do that, I feel the presence of God. Mm-hmm. I know it's something. So I remember I once tried to lead worship in our church. And every time I did it, I felt sick to my stomach. I did it because they needed a worship leader. I did it because, you know, I love to worship. But I never felt that. The the nerves never went Mm -hmm. away. Now, when I preached for the first time, I felt nervous. I was actually sick in the church bathroom before I preached. I was nervous, but then once I was up doing it, the nerves went away, yeah. and I just forgot yeah. about the nerves. And you still have that sense, but you just, you know, you, you just know this is what God's made me good at, yeah. and so I should pay attention mm-hmm. to that. Well, and I think that's what's so powerful about mentorship, T- tying it back to our yeah. initial part of the conversations. When you have somebody in your life that's calling those pieces out on you, it's right. like, hey, that that doesn't look like that fits. Right. Why are you are you trying to, to pretend right. to be something else? And I think a lot of like our students, especially when they step out of college, right? So college is this structured place where it's natural. You've got faculty, you've got mm-hmm. friends speaking into you, and then you step out into the real world. And their big question is, how do I get mentorship? How do I get plugged into? What advice would you give to our students as they're stepping out in that first career in order to get that kind of mentorship to keep them on the path of their divine design? I think that all of us have to, first of all, we have to find that. 
with God and the Holy Spirit. I think yeah. there's no replacement for right. that. Yeah. So, like, do you know how to hear from the Holy Spirit for your life? Do you know how to pray and hear from yeah. God? Do you know how to open the Word and not need someone to give you a Word, but find the Word of God speaking to you? Mm. We start there. And then I think it's having people that, that might not even be a mentor at first, yeah. but there's someone that, you know, you look at people's life and I'm like, show me the fruit and then ask yourself, do I want that fruit in my life? Right. So if I saw a great couple in my church mm -hmm. who have a great marriage and I'm, you know, about to get married, I'm like, they're the people that I want to hear from. Yeah. I don't just want the person that wrote the book right. on marriage or right. mm -hmm. the, right. the person that's preached that, you know what I'm saying? I think sometimes we think a mentor is someone that, but a lot of times a mentor can be someone that's in your own community, around yeah. your life. Like these young people are going to go back to churches, mm -hmm. get in a small group, find people. They're like, the fruit on your life is what I want to see in my life. How did you grow that fruit? Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes our version of mentoring can be so removed from our everyday life mm -hmm. that actually what the person's mentoring is a virtual reality because they don't know you. Yeah, right? that's true. And yeah. so you, you, having a mentor that's distant, that's fine as mm -hmm. long as it's not instead of. Yep having people around your life that will keep you accountable, right. challenge you, right. correct you. We all need that. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much you high up you are in leadership, mm -hmm. everybody needs that in their yeah. world. And, and mentorship, it's it's lifelong. It doesn't matter yeah. how old you get, right. you right. want somebody right. to do just that, right. to to speak into your life and, right. and make a difference. So yeah. powerful. Love that and grateful for your voice in that. We're going to move into, uh, I know our time's uh, precious because you're getting, you're going to be speaking here in a little bit, but we're going to into our fire round, and we, we this is the round where we ask a few questions, kind of based on everything we've been talking about, and and just give us that quick gut answer that mm -hmm. uh, is right on your heart and mind. And uh, I think we're only going to do about three questions. Yep. So, Michael, fire away a question. All right. So, if you want to position yourself to be a, a great mentor, you know, you're that couple mm -hmm. in the church. What are the top three characteristics or top three things that you should be cultivating in your life? Listening, mm -hmm. sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Um, and building wisdom, you know, yeah. those that seek wisdom and understanding, they find it. I, you know, we need wise people that are applying themselves to that wisdom before they give it away. Love it. You, uh, you've been married now 27 years? 28. 28 I years. I know. All right. <laughs> What's the biggest contributor to a healthy marriage? Um, I think... 1 Corinthians 13 version of love. Love is yeah, patient. patient. Love is kind. Right. Love is, you know, doesn't prefer itself. Love doesn't boast. Love doesn't strut. It's not easily angered. Like, honestly, if you can, if you live that out, mm -hmm. you're going to find that everybody involved, you, your husband, you have to die to your flesh on a regular basis yeah. and keep coming back to the way that God says we love each other. So honestly, I think honestly, that's the best definition of what makes a marriage work. And then have fun and be yeah. each other's friend. Yeah. yeah, Like just don't try and be each other's boss or, mm -hmm. you know, like be each other's friend, like cheer for each other, be there for each other. Like yeah. marriage is the best, but yeah. it can be a nightmare at the yeah. same time <laughs> if you don't get it right, right? right. For sure. Right. For sure. For sure. Uh, that's awesome. so good. Thank you so much. Last question. We'll wrap this up. If you could go back in time and give one piece of advice to your 18-year-old self, what would it be? It's a marathon, not a sprint. There you go. Ah, good. Set yourself for the long game, not mm -hmm. for the short game. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So powerful. Well, Charlotte, I want to thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Powerful conversation. Grateful for your influence, for your leadership, for your mentorship. It's, uh, it's. I know it's impacted so many, even here at Southeastern, even in the times we've already had the privilege to be with you and have you uh, in our group. And we're excited uh, that you're at conference. So thank you for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Love having you. If you want to stay up to date with Charlotte Gamble, you can follow her on Instagram at Charles Gamble. Right. C H. C 
A R L. Yep, C H A R L. So my friends call me. They call me Shal. No one calls me Charlotte unless I'm in trouble. Got it, Charl. Good to know. Good to know. We'll remember that for the next time. For the next one, Charl. This is perfect. Charl Gamble. Uh, you can check her out on Instagram. You can check out uh, Kent and I, Kent at Kent underscore Ingle, or uh, myself, Dr. Michael Steiner, on Instagram. You can also check out Kent at Twitter at Kent Ingle. Uh, and if you are watching us on YouTube right now, now would be a great time to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, so you get uh, weekly leadership content right into your feed. And also, if you want to improve your email inbox, I love having a great uh, email inbox. We get a weekly leadership newsletter. You can sign up for that at kentingle.com. Thank you so much for listening to Framework Leadership today. Hey, take care, everybody. 